Dear Grace, Nat here. I am writing you from the bus, which is why my handwriting is so squiggly. I've tried to text you a gazillion times on my cell phone, but the reception up here is not happening. I guess it's so remote here in rural Pennsylvania that they don't have a lot of can-you-hear-me-now guys making sure our phones work. Alyssa's on the bus. Tori, too. She flew in last night so we could hang in New York together. Liz, as usual, is writing and sketching in one of her notebooks. Tori bounced a couple rows back to talk to some kids about crops. I have no clue why she thinks that's interesting, but I'm sure she'll fill me in later. Our hot, stinky Tri-City Charter has been chugging along forever, but we're almost at Camp Lake Puke. Guess how I know. We've hit that super extra bumpy part of the road. See? You can tell by my even worse handwriting. Plus, we just zoomed past the sign that says, Camp Lakeview, 10 miles. Witness my mad detective skills. LOL. I wish I had brought my iPod to drown out the noise. Everyone except Liz, Tori, and me is singing 99 bottles of beer on the wall for the fifth or sixth time. It's more like yelling. Even Paula Abdul would admit that the tune got lost about 130 bottles ago. I can't believe it's my third summer at this crazy fun place. Do you remember our first summer together, when my mom forced me to broaden my horizons and shipped me out here while she went off on an art-buying trip to Europe? Remember how I freaked out? No air conditioning, ginormous spiders, and vampire mosquitoes, and camp food? I was ready to go back to Manhattan that very first day. But you were so funny and friendly that I actually forgot to be miserable. Now you are one of my best Camp Lakeview friends, CLFs for life, and I had to actually talk my mom into letting me come this year instead of going with her to Asia on her art buying trip. Seriously, Grace, I can't wait to see you. I'm so glad you only have to miss the first two weeks of camp. You'll breeze through summer school. Wait and see. English will not defeat you. After all, you passed history. Tori's in the house. She just came back to sit with us. Now I will hear about the crops. Oh, she wasn't listening to a conversation about crops. She was listening to a story about someone called Cropsy. She says this is the sixth year of some hideous tragedy that takes place every six years at Shadow Lake. She's going to tell Alyssa and me all about it in gory detail. Mwahahaha. If it's any good, I'll give you the full 411. See you in two weeks. TTFN, Nat. Okay, I have confirmation on the dark secret of Shadow Lake. Tori plopped down into the empty seat behind Alyssa and Natalie and leaned over their sweaty shoulders. The story I heard is the story they heard, and it's all true. So, are you ready to be scared out of your wits? But of course, bring it on, Natalie said, blowing tendrils of wavy brown hair off her forehead. Despite the open windows, or perhaps because of them, it was hot and muggy inside the bus. Tori's original seatmate had gone to cram herself in with her buds at the front of the bus, so Tori had her seat all to herself. Alyssa, her dark hair pulled back in a messy bun, 
was sitting in front of Tori with Natalie, and they turned around to face her so they could chat. Tori launched into her so very terrifying story. Okay, so this homicidal maniac. A what? Alyssa asked, cupping her ear. I can't hear you. It's about a homicidal maniac, Tori repeated, raising her voice. Trading excited looks, Natalie and Alyssa leaned even farther over the seat to listen, and Tori noticed how much they'd changed in the last year. All three of them were definitely growing up. As ever, she and Natalie were way ahead on the trend curve in the hair and makeup departments. Tori had stylish blonde Paris Hilton hair and a black t-shirt with chic written on it. Natalie was up to the minute in her polka dot bubble top, and they both had on fancy flip-flops decorated with bows and charms direct from Nordy's.